hello everybody. Welcome and welcome to the Boonies Bayou Talk Show Gumbo. I'm your host, Joe Booney, and you're listening in on Radio Gumbo Creole. To listen to the show, call 712-432-7883. To call in and talk, dial 504-303-8922. And to text your comments or song request, 504-290-4915. You can also watch me stream on video on up.live. Look for the account Joe Booney. Tonight we have a smorgasbord of hot topics that was in the media this week. Before we announce those, let's uh, let's touch base on last week's and do a recap. Last week we talked about several things from Louisiana lawmaker to criminalize criminalize aggressive driving, which we're going to revisit that again because I've yet to find any data online to justify the legislation. And uh, we, we talked about a coming political stir in Washington, D.C. So the past couple of weeks, past two weeks actually, we had um, some things happening, some indictments come out, lots of indictments. Um, just a little while ago this afternoon, this evening, uh, the Mueller report came out, which I'm not going to get into. Uh, I've yet to re- uh, read that or you know, review it, so I'm not going to touch that tonight. So you're safe. <laughs> we talked about quantum computing what that was and, and the plans with that technology. Speaking about technology, we're going to be hitting on some uh, dipping our toes and, you know, again, we're going to talk about uh, the 5G network coming out. Uh, we talked about how uh, Hillary Clinton possibly may have a, um, well, possibly kind of know that she has another person posing as her at several rallies. She might have several, who knows. Um, we talked about uh, Finland's entire gov- government shutting down over uh, health care reforms, and they are still shut down as far as I know, but Bernie Sanders is in Finland. He was in Finland this week. I'm not sure if he's still there, but he's in there, or he was there, and he was fanning the flames of uh, socialism and uh, talking about some health care reform himself. Um, let's see what else. What else did we touch on last week? I think that was it, I believe, unless uh, my memory escapes me. So this week, we got several topics we're going to talk about. We're going to we're going to touch base on the NFIP and, and you know what they're what they're planning on doing. And for those of you who do not know what the NFIP is, it is the National Flood Insurance Program. We're going to talk about that and how a new rating system is coming out and what we can expect and what we you know what we can't expect. Um, we're going to talk about again how Louisiana wants to make uh, as one lawmaker who wants to make aggressive driving a crime. Um, we're going to talk about that because I feel that, you know, some people may have missed that last week and this hits home. So we want to uh, kind of touch on that again, refresh our memories, and cultivate our minds, hopefully maybe to put up a fight down the road if, if, if it comes to it, you know, make some phone calls to the state legislature, send some emails out, send some faxes, etc. cetera. Um, we're also going to talk about how... Uh, Let's see, local government, local government. Um, so recently, uh, this week, the Louisiana State Police uh, basically lost a, uh, a legal challenge that was put out in the newspaper. We'll talk about that, how a body cam came in handy for an NOPD officer who was pulled over for speeding. Um, we're going to also talk about 
some other local governments nationwide, how several of them um, plans or actually planned and, you know, some of them did it and some of them didn't do it yet, but it's going to be a, uh, there's a rain tax that the local municipalities, counties or parishes, whatever you call them, up in y'all's neck of the woods. We can talk about that a little bit, kind of dip our toes in that. And uh, we're going to talk about, uh, again, the 5G stuff. And we're going to also touch on, touch on a little bit more about technology tonight. I found two videos um, on YouTube that I'm, I'm going to play a little snippets of for you guys to listen to. talks about how social media um, basically takes your metadata and uh, manipulates it. And we're going to get, get into that tonight. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Grab a pen and tablet, uh, you know, pen and notepad, pen and paper, and uh, feel free to take some notes. Again, uh, you're listening to Radio Gumbo Creole, Booney's Bayou Talk Show Gumbo, and I'm your host, Joe Booney. Again, to call and talk, it's 504-303-8922. To text your comments, 504-290-4915. And if you just want to, you know, watch the video of me on, on uh, UpLive, you go to up.live and look for the account Joe Booney. You'd actually watch, uh, watch some video of me streaming as well. Speaking about UpLive, I just wanted to touch base on that again for those of you who are new to the broadcast. Uh, UpLive is a social community network that does uh, live video streaming. And on this app, it has many, many people from all parts of the earth. And... They have lots of special talents that they have, and they, they demonstrate these talents on video. Some of them are funny. Some of them tell jokes. Some of them just hang out and just chit-chat, you know, getting to know other hosts and everything. Um, but there's, there's, there's other ones who actually plays instruments. Johnny Mag Sax is a really good uh, saxophonist. He plays, he plays in Florida. He's got a studio set up in his basement. And he also plays at one of the Italian restaurants in Florida. So make sure you check him out, Johnny Mag, M-A-G, Sax, S-A-X. Great guy. And uh, he can make the saxophone moan. It's just, it's beautiful. It's really a beautiful thing. Um, let's talk about, uh, let's, let's talk about a couple of business businesses that uh, are in our area. And we're going to talk about the same thing we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks now. It's it's an event. Um, so so OSA, y- y- y'all know Dr. GP, great guy. He has a staffing company without any language barriers whatsoever. In fact, he's a so he's a full service uh, staffing company that provides very comprehensive employment and staffing solutions. His mission is to connect people with with companies. And these people com- comprise of a uh, complementary team members. That's right. He believes in teams. He doesn't believe in in, in HR hocus pocus, you know, because HR is the, the terminology nowadays for human resources. And when a company uses people or employs people, if you will, uh, those people are a resource, and rightly so. I mean, we're all assets to, to our employees. But after they are used up as a resource, these companies dispose of people left and right. If you haven't been let go or terminated from a job just because, you know, you didn't do anything wrong, um, that is the end result of 
a byproduct of um, human resourcing. Uh, and, and it could be good and bad, but I mean, before you know, before human resources wasn't even a term, um, they called themselves personnel because they were personal with their staff. And that's exactly what Charles Manel believes. He believes in being very personal with the staff as well as the company that he sends these, uh, these people to, his people. And they are the hardest working people around, let me tell you. Um, if you want to reach Charles Manel, Dr. GP, you can reach him on a cell phone. His number is 504-419-2261. You can also visit his website, osallc.com. That's O-S-S-A-L-L-C.com. No job is ever too big or too small for us at OSA. None. Speaking about his, his, uh, his language barriers, there is, like I said, there are none. He's got people on his staff that speak English, Spanish, Creole, and French. So if you're if you're in a hospitality industry, be it hotel, restaurant, what have you, transportation industry, administrative or clerical, he has over 25 years of experience, and he is very confident that OSA and his staff can make a difference in your bottom line. He hires honest, hardworking people who are very, very often the sole providers of their families. So you're not going to get some crackerhead down the street who, you know, can't hold a job. You're going to get some really good qualified people to come into your establishment and to assist your success. That's what he believes. Give him a call. Again, the number is 504-419-2261. Charles Bennell, Dr. GP, OSA. And let's talk about another company. As you all know, I do insurance. Um, I do the line, the, you know, personal lines, auto, home, flood, life and health. And I also do commercial as well. So if you ever need any insurance or if you have a question about insurance, feel free to reach out to me. You can reach me at this number. It's 504-270-1435. That's a cell phone. I can take text messages pictures, whatever. Um, if you have a deck page that you want me to look over or shop your insurance for you, I'll be more than happy to accommodate that. Just do me a favor and don't wait for the last minute to get it done. Give me some time because I have a lot of markets to shop. You can also go to my website. It's twfg-gulfsouth.com. Golf, G-U-L-F, south.com. And, uh, Kind of want to switch gears a little bit and talk about right now about an event that a lot of professionals are starting to go to. We ch- kind of changed the theme this week coming up. As you all know, if you've you've you know listened to the broadcast before, um, that there is an event, and uh, we have it weekly. This week's event, or actually next week, e- uh, next week's event is entitled. Millennials are the economy's future. Are you reaching them? Or how are you reaching them? And I read a little blip here real quick, just to kind of set the tone of the next week's meeting. Starts out by saying, if you haven't noticed, the number of millennials are growing by the thousands 
at a very rapid rate in our local economy. If you're using traditional methods of marketing and growing your business, you're going to be left behind or it's going to be left behind. Statistically, and you know, y'all know I love statistics. Statistically speaking, 46% of the United States workforce will be comprised of this generation by 2020. This means that they will have an enormous buying power and the economy's future is being defined by millennial migration. Again, we're talking about millennials, people born uh, you know, in 2000 on. You know, those are the millennials. Um, if you're using traditional methods of marketing or growing your business, you will not be ready for how millennials do business. So come to the next networking breakfast and get connected with other professionals from all across the greater New Orleans area who have been implementing other methods of growing their books of business and they want to share how they do this with you. Share and invite the event. It's posted on my Facebook page right now. You go to Facebook and look, look up Boonies Bayou. B-O-O-N-I-E apostrophe S, next word by you. It, it's not, it's not, it's two words. It's not one word to, you know, squished up. Um, it's two words. Boonies by you on Facebook. You'll be able to see the event. And, uh, you know, again, invite other people. Invite your coworkers or your boss, your supervisor, or the people you manage. Because if, you know, if you bring more than one person from the same organization, y'all going to rub elbows even more so than just coming by yourself. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, I want you to come by yourself, but if, if you come with another person, you know, it's going to be beneficial um, for, for your business and for, and, and for the job that you do. Okay? Um, also, bring some business cards. We love getting business cards and exchanging business cards. Um, you will also have about 60 seconds to present you and your company because remember, you're going you're gonna to come there at this event, eat some breakfast, rub elbows with, every, with everybody else, and tell people you're going to have 60 seconds of everybody's undivided attention to talk about yourself and your business. And somebody in that room, actually somebody's, plural, everybody there who, who goes, we are looking to do business with other businesses. Okay, that is, that's the nature of this event. And we switched it from lunch to breakfast to accommodate a lot more people. So at this event, you're going to also be supporting Cafe Hope. This is going to be held at Cafe Hope. The address is 1 Timberlane Drive. That's in Gretna. If you're not sure about you know, where it's at, just Google um, and get directions to the Timberlane Country Club. It's in the same exact spot, same place. Timberlane Country Club, the place, the, the restaurant there is Cafe Hope. And it's going to be held Wednesday morning. Wednesday is March, uh, what's the date? It is 27th, the 27th next week. Eight, we're going to start networking at 8.30 a.m. So if you want to get there early, by all means, grab your cup of coffee. And get ready to eat some eggs and you know, maybe they have some bacon. They had some sausage last time. But when they cooked this bacon, I'm telling you, they had bacon two weeks ago and it was so good. It was cooked perfect. 
cooked very perfect. I mean, it wasn't too crispy and it wasn't too soft. It was just right, just right. And I really wish somebody would make a, a child's um, a book about that, about, you know, how bacon has to be cooked just right because it's like the porch, the uh, Goldilocks, right? You had the, uh, the porridge was too hot, then it was too cold, then it was just right. The beds were too hard, too soft, just right. So just think about how they prepare their food. I'm telling you, the bacon is, is really good. So hopefully you can make it out. Um, Cafe Hope, real quick, it's it, they're a nonprofit organization, and what they do, they teach kids from anywhere between 16 to 24 culinary skills. And these skills they can take out after they graduate from Cafe Hope, they go out into the service industry in all the parts of New Orleans, works in the restaurants and, and catering or what have you, and they really do a good job. Really do a good job. So that's Cafe Hope, number one Timberlane. And um, that's next Wednesday at 8.30. Again, the event's posted on Facebook, on the Facebook page, Boonies Bayou. If you're just tuning in, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Joe Booney. You're listening to a show called Boonies Bayou Talk Show Gumbo. And you're just tuning in to Radio Gumbo Creole. To call in and talk, dial 504-303-8922. To text your comments or a song request, 504-290-4915. We're going to take a short break, play another song, and get into some, uh, some really good stuff. Stay tuned, guys.
welcome back to the show. You're listening to Boonies Bayou Talk Show Gumbo. I'm your host, Joe Booney, and you're tuning in on Radio Gunbo Creole. To listen to the show, call 712-432-7883. To call in and talk, dial 504-303-8922. And to text your comments or a song request, dial 504-290-4915. And you can also watch me video stream on uplive.live and look for the account Joe Booney. It's one word, Joe Booney, on, on, on that app. Um, again, um, if you missed the announcements, I'll try to touch base, but i got to get through all of this content. Um, I'd like to talk about, before we get into the local government and municipalities around the country and stuff, I want to talk about, touch base on uh, the New Zealand thing that happened this week. You know, um, 50 people died, uh, reportedly 50 people died. Um, and I say reportedly, um, I'll get into that in a minute, but um, 50 people passed away or died from an, from, a, from a gunner at uh, on fr- see, last, last Friday's Christchurch Mosque that was in New Zealand. So, all right, let me just jump into this real quick. I got a report from, looks like a blogger. No, it's actually zerohedge.com. This is a media website. ABC Media LTD owns this website. Um, and, and the report um, kind of touches on the uh, New Zealand's um, gun confiscation and how it actually turned out, uh, as opposed to what we're hearing on our American mainstream media, that it was a great thing and, and successful. Um, so, out of, okay, so New Zealand has approximately 100, I'm sorry, 1.2 million registered gun owners, okay, in New Zealand, or, or actually 1.2 registered guns. All right, I'll take that back. So, and the report says, out of an estimated 1.2 million registered guns, New Zealand police reported that as of Tuesday night, which is this past Tuesday, 33 firearms have been surrendered nationwide. And this was according to BuzzFeed. So out of 1.2 million registered guns, there was only 37 firearms that was surrendered. That's a big deal. That's that's a huge deal. So we're hearing different numbers in our own media, astronomically different numbers, um, and that's basically to paint a picture that hey, you know what? Everybody, everybody's doing it, so why don't you do it? To, you know, give up your guns. Um, it, that's a big deal, and, and you know, in in media doesn't really report the facts anymore. Uh, I don't think they ever did, um, but you know it's getting worse and worse as time goes on and as technology advances, they're getting really sloppy because now the technology is in the hands of people to fact check these uh, these guys and girls and uh, do their own reporting, uh, look at their, look at other uh, news sources through the internet. Um, we have different stories, okay. So, of the people who who basically surrendered their, their guns. There was a Green Party member by the name of John Hart. 
Okay, he was a longtime gun owner. Uh, he turned he turned in a rifle, one rifle. Uh, there was a grandmother who goes by the Twitter handle Fayhag, F-A-Y-H-A-G, who said uh, she requested for a family's guns to be handed in for uh, destruction uh, to the um, to the police. And uh, so I want to talk a little bit about Twitter as well, because not many people get Twitter. Um, it's it's a fast pace stream of information that uh, that you need to pay attention to if you're on Twitter. Um, lots of things post uh, within seconds. It's it's crazy, um, and there's different ways you can you can bookmark certain things and, and retweet them and just to, just to kind of hold it in. Um, but as as the the media was reporting on the New Zealand um, you know uh, mosque getting 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 hit up with with, with a gun. Um, I know I mentioned before QAnon. He is, or they are, they're anonymous people that work hand in hand with President Trump, and they're in. Um, don't don't know exactly what branch of government they are, they're in, or who this person is. That goes by Q, but him and President Trump have been communicating on Twitter in code, and it's it's fast. It's both fascinating and frightening, and entertaining to see. Because I mean, you know. President Trump, I mean, he's he's a master troller on Twitter. He is like he does, you know, he's he's awesome on on that, and, you know. And um, the media, all, all they do is talk about Trump, and, and, and he's using the media basically against against the other party, okay, against the Democratic Party, because what's happening is that as he's tweeting tweets on Twitter, okay. Mainstream media picks up on it, and they're trying to slam them and slamming them here and slamming them there. And you know, understand if if you don't understand uh, President Trump and how he thinks and operates and, and tweets, uh, he could come across very arrogant, almost kind of like a fool. But keep in mind that he ha- he's got this army ba- backing him up that's very very highly advanced users of technology. Okay. And that's that's how that's how um, I mean we we knew about what was happening with the indictments before they even happened you know two weeks before remember remember I said hey um, keep your eyes focused on you know maybe next week or maybe the following week we're gonna see some, something happen in in, uh, in DC not nothing really happened until two weeks after that or one and a half weeks after that we saw some indictments through you know Hollywood stars we had you know some pedophilia rings that that opened up and he exposed them too uh, so there's a lot of stuff happening uh at you know at once and 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 president i mean he's he's like the maestro he's you know he's very he's advanced and sophisticated as far as that goes you know getting getting information out there to to people that he needs to communicate through because remember he came in in this presidency 10 nights into the white house he was visited by a white hat from from the from the acronym uh, the National Security Administration NSA. He was visited by a white hat, and you know, basically he told him, "Look, you're being spied on, blah blah blah." So you know, what, what did he do? He he left and he, and he went to a hotel. Meanwhile, they set up a a, um, a VPN so he can communicate with this white hat um, and go that route. So um, so so anyway, I say all of this stuff because. One of the posts on Twitter had a video 
of the same people that the media took a picture of at the mosque. And uh, Q didn't really call it a false flag, but he he alleged to it like, hey, this this y'all need to pay attention, y'all. You see this? Uh, and the video was taken from by the cell phone, and it was like they were like they had they, I don't know crazy music playing. It was it was like a I don't even know what kind of music. It sounded like Kenny G a little bit, but not really. It wasn't Kenny G playing. Um, but I saw the video, and I'm like, wow, this this is this is something. So, so evidently, there's some people in in government that kind of knows what's going on, and they knew this was going to happen, um, and they called this a false flag. Now, 50 people reportedly died, and if they did, you know, pray for their families and all of that stuff, but, you know, the other side of, of our government, who really the media is not really talking about it, they say it was a false flag. It was, it was, it was a PSYOP. And if you all know about false flags and PSYOPs, it's a, it's a tragic situation that is taken advantage of. In um, a tragic situation, may not even be real. Could be actors, that sort of thing. Um, this stuff exists, you know, whether you want to believe it or not. It does exist out there. Um, that's how to get a lot of uh, legislation passed um, here and there. And, and, you know, they're, they're doing this worldwide now. Um, there's, there's a lot of info on that. You know, look that up, Google it, PSYOPs, and it's spelled P S Y O P or PSYOPS, PSYOPs. And it's it's a psychological warfare. They, 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 what they do, they target a, um, an area uh, and they play out a skit, if you want to call it a skit. And after the skit's done, the media comes in, does their little bitty report, and you know blows it out the water. And, you know, you know, this happened, that happened. You know, we had thirty people die, or forty people die, or whatever it was. Um, and then they talk about gun control. Okay, so it was once said or quoted that nothing in politics happens as a coincidence; it's all planned. Okay. Um, so that's that's it on you know I'm gonna leave this open you know I'm not telling y'all what to believe I'm just saying you know consider some things you know because what we know in our own little bubbles and technology um, that's only scratching the surface okay there's there's much more sophisticated technology out there and we'll get into that in a couple of minutes um, to kind of see how um, logistically you know companies are doing it and, and getting data. And, and act, you know, taking advantage of data and increasing their sales and revenue. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. It's increasing the dollar, the almighty dollar. Um, you know, I, I did want to I did want to mention this guy too. Where is he? His he's a uh, he was a soldier. Um, his name. This is we're still dealing with the New Zealand thing. Let's see what's his name at? He's a New Zealand Army soldier, Pete Bridle. Pete. It's Pete B R I no B R E. I D A H L, and I'm pronouncing it Pete Bridal. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, he was a gun owner who probably, and I, I don't, I don't want to say probably or, or, or speculate or anything, but he basically wants all he wants to do is go back to his horses and and say goodbye to his to his guns and drama. And he said, let the police and government sort it out. He's like, he's done. So I don't know if there was any background uh, information on that, but y'all got you might want to you know research that too. Um, 
right, let's let's get down to some other news. Right, I want to talk about the Louisiana lawmaker who wants to make aggressive driving a crime. This this is still bugging me. This is really still bugging me. I don't know why it's just bugging me, but it is. And I think the reason why it's bugging me is, is that I still haven't found any statistical data out there that justifies this bill. All right. And I'm going to read this for the people who haven't heard this before and who are just kind of new to the show. Um, there's an article on knoe.com. And that is um, that's a syndicate of, of one of the one of the bigger bigger uh, mainstream media groups, and this is written out in Shreveport. And it says you've you've probably seen it on the roads or fallen into victim to it. Aggressive driving and road rage can unfold within a blink of an eye, and affect a person's life forever. Yes, it does. People get paralyzed in car accidents, um, severely injured, and 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 they have fatalities as well. So anyway, I'm going to get back to the article. Now, Democratic, uh, now Louisiana Democratic State Representative Sam Jenkins of Shreveport has proposed a law, a state law, to make aggressive driving a crime. Okay, and it goes through, and I'll post this link up again on my Facebook page. Um, it goes on to say, and from what we've heard so far, there appears to be a widespread support for the idea. Now, this is the media saying, hey, we already got the support to pass this law. Now, remember, we just got through talking about New Zealand, how on the media, everybody was saying on the media how successful the New Zealand gun ban is going to be and how it's how they, you know, doing. But we just read that only 30, uh, 37 rifles or 37 firearms have been surrendered out of two uh, out of one point two million registered guns. They only got 37 out of that. PSYOP, if you want to call it PSYOP, OK. 37 guns. Now, it, you know, getting back, kind of switching gears to get back to the gun thing, it, it, you know, there, there was no report saying, you know, what types of guns they were, other than the fact that, you know, they had these two or three people in the article, or, um, you know, who owns them or what type of gun they were, or where they were surrendered. See, that, that information is crucial as well, where they were surrendered, where these guns were surrendered. Um, that's crucial. If, if it's a rural area or it's an, or an, um, you know, in an urban area, it's, you know, that stuff, stuff like that. We need to start thinking, guys, you know, girls, we need to start, you know, trying to think a little bit more past the news articles. So, you know, that was the report how not successful the gun, the gun grabbing was in New Zealand. Let's get back to this article talking about how, how there appears to be a widespread support for the idea to pass a law for making aggressive driving and road rage criminal. Now, there are already laws on the books for excessive speeding, violating the maximum speed limit in a general speed law, failing to obey traffic control signals or devices, overtaking and passing another vehicle on the right by driving off the pavement and main travel portion of the roadway, engaging in unsafe lane changes, following too closely, failing to yield to the right of way, Failing, uh, failing to drive within a marked lane of traffic, failing to yield to approaching traffic when approaching or entering an intersection, failing to, to signal when turning or stopping, failing to stop at stop signs or yield at yield signs, 
overtaken passing a school bus when visual signals are in operation on the school bus. See, these are the 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 twelve items I just read to you. This is like in this law that they proposed, but this is already on books. This is already on books. So let's get to the real meat of the matter here and find out how much money they're gonna make off of people who, who drive aggressively. And that, that's that's really what it all comes down to, really. Even though there's no statistical data out there. Oh, well, let, yeah, let's get back to that. So this article cites, according to government figures, 66% of traffic deaths in this country are caused by aggressive driving, period. So I tried to research this out. According to government figures, thinking, hey, it's government figures. I should be able to find it somewhere. Right? And 66% of traffic deaths. That, that should be easy to Google. Really simple. Um, then I had another question while I'm Googling this stuff. Okay, what of that 66% of traffic deaths in this country are caused by aggressive driving? What number of that 66% can be focused on Louisiana? It's not out there. I, I cannot find it. It's been three weeks and I cannot find it. It doesn't exist. I'm convinced it doesn't exist. And the reason I'm harping on this so much because, you know, you got these knuckleheads in, you know, local government, state government, and federal government who don't do their jobs in researching any information at all. No statistics, no nothing. They just go with the flow and, you know, get lobbyist money. That's it. That's all they do. They don't do their job. And that really bugs me. So let's get back to the article. Um, so according to the government figures I just read, 66% of traffic deaths in this country are caused by aggressive driving. So this prompted Representative Jenkins to propose a new law, House Bill 6, in the upcoming 2019 regular legislative session, which is going to be coming April 8th. Okay, so I think, and not just with this bill, but if, if we do not look and see what types of bills our state legislature is passing, our future is going to be changed by what they pass. I'm telling you. We have got to start looking on the state legislature website at least once a week. At least. You know, and if, and if you don't know how to do all of this work and you know, all of this other stuff, plug into an organization. I don't care what, who it is or what it is. Plug into an organization you know, it, I kind of care, but not right now. Just you got to plug in somewhere to start getting data and start cultivating your mind to um, to try and find out what's happening at the state capitol. Because if we don't cap, if we don't know what's at the state capitol, we live in the darkness. And you know how people who live in darkness they just you know walk through through life and they they don't know where they're going. They're feeling their way around. And if you if you walking through life feeling your way around, you don't know. And then if you touch something hot or you touch something sharp, it's going to sting you. It's going to cut you. It's going to burn you. So that's why we need to have our eyes opened to what's happening at the state capitol. And that's all I'm saying. And once you get once you get there, once you get inside, plug in somewhere to get the information or to try you know be like a watchdog or organization or whatever. Um, you're going to start training your mind to look out for these things. Start thinking on 
on on more of a uh, productive level than just being a dad or a mom or a grandmother or somebody like that. You know, we need to we need to be a little better uh, citizens in this state to to hold our government accountable. And you know, if we start here, you know, who who knows? You know, one of you guys out there listening might might cultivate a a, a desire to actually run for a, you know an elected position yourself and do something good or do something great. Uh, so again, that's that's going to be coming up. Oh yeah, let's get into the the uh, say so I read the violations. That's the twelve items. I'm not going to read them, but I read the twelve violations. Uh, let's read the um, let's read about the money now. All right, so if LA HB six becomes law, the offense would carry a maximum of five hundred dollar fine, six months in jail, and require a court approved driver improvement plan. So let's break this up. Let's let's think about this. So the first offense would carry a maximum of five hundred fine, five hundred dollar fine. Okay, and probably, and now that I'm thinking about it, you, you, those six items I just read you through, each one is probably going to be worth some type of dollar amount, some type of value. Um, and it could add up to 500. I don't know. That's neither, neither here nor there at this point in this discussion. Um, so you got a $500 fine maximum and six months in jail. Not six days in jail, not six nights in jail, six months, which is 24 hour period, six months. Okay? No job, no family, no phone calls, no. You know, no newspaper, no internet, no no nothing. Jail for six months. That's the first offense. You see where I'm going? So, and then and then it tells you it's going to require a court-approved driver improvement plan. I haven't researched that out what exactly that entails and what that is, but I could guess from you know past. Um, happenings in Louisiana because we know our politics are dirty down here. Um, somebody's brother-in-law, sister-in-law, somebody's going to be having a, you know, some driver improvement plan that they're rolling out, and now the state's giving them money to um, to to take on these people and 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 roll them in a course. And so you got a five hundred dollar fine, and you got six months in jail, and then you have a required uh, court-approved driver improvement plan. It's three three stings right there. Boom, boom, boom. Remember how I talked about how if, you, if you're walking through this, this world with, and your eyes closed, you're in the dark, and you don't know you're in trouble until you hit something, it's too late. This is too late. Let's move on. Offenders would also lose their driver's license for six months with a potential restricted license for the job. So not only is the state looking to get in our pockets, again, uh, a little deeper in our pockets, but they're also... Now they really, I mean, they're throwing a book at you. Six months, lose your license with a potential restricted license for their job. That's the first offense. This is why this is why I'm harping on this so much because it doesn't make it, it doesn't make any sense. There's no data out there to support this. And I'm I'm getting worked up about this. And I just, you know, it's it's not right. So the second offense, what do you think the second offense is going to be? It's three years. Okay? It would carry a three years 
maximum of wait wait let me back up a second oh a second offense within three years so if you go to jail for six months come out and you commit this again within three years of the first offense not not the time you get out of jail but the first offense if you do it again within three years because they have record of it now but you, you know you got you got you got the summons you got the fine you went to court you went to jail they got, they got all of that stuff on the books now so if, if they catch you again doing aggressive driving or you know speeding or what have you I mean, this this actually catches everybody, everybody, including police officers, which I'm gonna get to in my next topic. Um, so, if you do this in three years, it would carry a maximum of one year in jail and a thousand dollar fine. And it it also says, you know, in the last sentence or two, it says law enforcement would have discretion over whether to make an arrest or issue a summons. All right, and then it said you can you can view this bill here. So we, I'm gonna link that on Facebook tonight tomorrow morning, and, and you know y'all y'all need to y'all need to start paying attention to stuff like this, that changes your life, almost forever. If you still do the same you know same habits, you know, um, aggressive driving, you know, and I talked about this last week. I'm gonna mention this again. It's about quarter to midnight, 15 more minutes from midnight. Um, if you go if you come into a stop sign, right? And let's see, failure to stop. That what, what number is that? Um, that is number eleven. Failing to stop at stop signs or yield at yield signs. How many of us? Be honest. How many of us out there in the listening audience? When you see a stop sign, you think you stopped, but you're not stopped. The police officers call it a rolling stop. Because remember, I said last week how the vehicle has weight to it and mass. So even if you slow down and your tires stop, the body of the car moves forward and backwards. It rocks a little bit. You have to wait until that rocking motion is stopped. That is a stop. Not a, not a touch and go thing, a touch and go. Where you, you know, you, go, you know, like that. You got to stop. When you see a stop sign, if, and it really, when this become, if, you know, when or if this becomes law and you, you know, you do a rolling stop still, you going to jail, pod, for six months. Five hundred dollar fine. Uh, you know, court approved driver improvement plan. They got you. How many of us now don't stop? Like I just said, do rolling stops. That's probably ninety nine point nine 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 percent of us that do that. Okay. Now, granted, they say law enforcement will have their own aggression. Their own discretion, excuse me, whether or not to make an arrest or issue a summons. Uh, I'm gonna leave that alone for right now. It's it's time to move on to another topic. We're gonna talk about um, real quick the um, how the Louisiana State Police loses a newspaper challenge um, because they were required to produce uh, some body cam footage. Now, let me just navigate to the link real quick if I can find it. Um, so evidently, all right, I'm going to just kind of jump around a little bit while I'm pulling this up. Um, there was a police officer, NOPD, who was on her way to an LSU game. Okay, her name is uh, NOPD Sergeant Chantel Davis. She was driving on the West Bank Expressway, like I said, heading to a football game, LSU, when uh, Louisiana State Trooper Jared Taylor pulled her over. Now, granted, she was doing 83 miles an hour, Okay. 83 miles per hour. The speed limit 
is 60 miles per hour. Remember, if this law that we just talked about, House Bill 6, becomes law, she was going to go to jail. Six months, right then and there. You're not going to be allowed to go home and you know kiss your kids goodbye, kiss your wife goodbye, you kiss your husband goodbye. If you, if you do that violation, if this becomes law, they could take you right there. All right, so the all right, let's go to uh, read up a little bit. All right, she was off-duty police officer, and um, and a trooper, Louisiana State Police, argued. They argued on the side of the West Bank Expressway over a safe place for her to stand. Now she told this state state trooper that she was a um, an NOPD officer, and he didn't really you know care or whatever. Uh, and she's asking, look, I'm, I'm worried about my safety because if somebody hits you, um, if somebody hits your car and pushes it into me, that's not safe for me. Can you know where are you where do you want me to stand? He's like right there, stand right there. And she was standing in between the two vehicles, kind of on a shoulder road. But you gotta understand, oncoming traffic are coming down at a speed limit of of 60 miles per hour. Imagine the impact hitting a you know a car parked you know, on the side of the road, on the right shoulder, and pushes the car into her, she's going to be squished. So rightly so, she was really worried and concerned about her safety. And uh, he just told her to stand there. And she asked him another question, and he, he said, no, you stand right there. So they argued a little bit. There's, there's, there's a video that you can watch on, on there as well. I'm going to post that on the Facebook as well. But uh, he issued a ticket, and uh, went, it went to NLPD. Um, there was there was some uh, some arguments back and forth. So uh, the newspaper, uh, let me read it a little bit here. It says, uh, let's see. Despite expressing concern for her safety, the police officer spends much of the time alongside of the roadway looking at her cell phone. Trooper Taylor is is uh, is nearly hit by a vehicle as he stepped out of his patrol car riding the ticket. The video shows, and they they show you this. I mean, he was he was coming out to the. the uh, he, he stepped out of his vehicle onto West Bank Expressway, and a vehicle, I mean, was right right there, almost in him. It was, it was I mean, not, not intentionally, but, I mean, it was pretty close. Um, if you play the video, you'll be able to see it. So later, um, LSP, for the, you know, I'm going to say LSP for the Louisiana State Troop, you know, police, Louisiana State Police. So LSP later notified the New Orleans Police Department, NOPD, about the officer's demeanor during a traffic stop, which... LSP described as arrogant and disrespectful, the newspapers reported. So you got, you know, state trooper says, no, she was arrogant and disrespectful, uh, and they reported it to NOPD. Um, later, uh, LSP avoided the speeding ticket and allowed NOPD to handle the matter internally. When the newspaper received a tip about the incident, it filed a public reports request, something that the news can do as well as individuals can do, FYI. It's called a public records request with LSP for a copy of the trooper's body camera footage. Uh-oh. LSP denied the newspaper's request, saying releasing the video would violate Davis's reasonable expectance, expectation of privacy. So they argued with the newspaper. Okay, They wouldn't do it at first. They wouldn't release it. LSP began equipping troopers with body cameras in 2017, and so it gives you a little brief history on that. So 2017, LSP started wearing body cameras. Um, so the newspaper's legal action uh, was was a new test of LSP, LS, 
P policy. The advocate's attorney, uh, Scott Sternberg, said the newspaper filed, filed a suit to ensure the wait, my screen's going black. All right, to um, to ensure that the public has access to the video recorder camera paid for with taxpayer dollars worn by a public servant. So he pushed that issue. And sure enough, when a judge from the 19th Judicial District Court by the name of William Morvant uh, basically ordered uh, LSP to turn it over, give us the video, and the video footage has been posted on Fox. Um, Fox 8, local first. And it's, it's right there for you guys to see. So again, um, you know, they, they lost a uh, legal challenge uh, for a newspaper's request for video. They actually had to take it to a court where the judge in the 19th Judicial District Court basically overturned and ordered LSP to turn over the video footage. And it's, it's a seven-minute video. Um, y'all can watch that later. Um, switching gears to another local government in the news. Uh, let me take a break real quick and, and say, again, for those of you who are tuning in, you're listening to Radio Gunbo Creole. The, the talk show is Booney's Bayou Talk Show Gumbo. I'm your host, Joe Booney. If you want to call in and talk about the topics we just talked about, dial 504-303-8922. You can text me your comments or a song request. Give me a break from talking. Song request, 504-290-4915. And uh, if you want to listen to the show, you got you got to you know leave your laptop. So you know call this number. You can listen to the show seven one two four three two seven eight eight three. So let, let, let me let, let's talk about something else that's crazy. Um, <clears throat> have you ever heard of a rain tax? <coughs> rain tax, excuse me. Rain tax is when you know it rains and streets get flooded. And government has to turn pumps on, and, you know, to, to, to clear the waterway, to clear, to clear the streets. And uh, so, so some, uh, some genius up in New Jersey, the governor actually, uh, signs the rain tax bill for residents, which now can be taxed when it rains on their property. This is ludicrous, guys. This is unreal. Ludicrous. All right, so I'm going to read a little bit. It says, in what is one of the most corrupt and vile things to have ever happened to the American political systems, residents of New Jersey will now be taxed when something 100% out of their control happens. Yes, New Jersey's Governor Phil Murphy signed 19 bills into law on Monday, which, which was this past week, Monday, and one of them which is a so-called rain tax. Okay. Unfortunately, there were no supporters for this, tyr- and it says in here, the, this tyrannical and wholly dictatorial law. So he had, he had no support. He just did it. Dubbed S-1073, which is a, a um, Senate bill, supporters call it flood defense and say it will serve as a long-needed tool to manage flooding and a dirty run- runoff from rainwater. Okay, we and kind of. I'm glad I picked this up, tied into the other topic we're going to talk about tonight, the NFIP. But let's stick to this one. Um, so it says there are so there are actually hum, human beings on Earth who want themselves and others stolen because when it rains. Okay, it says there is nothing more disturbing from the p- current political path the United States is currently on. 
It's downright horrifying, actually. Okay, this is from a local source, uh, freedomoutpost.com cites this news article. And uh, it goes on to say, most importantly, this is in quotes. Who's saying this? Um, New Jersey's uh, futures Chris Sternum, a, a, a strum, a sturm, who serves as the advocacy group's uh, managing director for the policy and water. He says, most importantly, it gives communities a way to access new resources in a fair, equitable manner and invest in uh, related benefits such as additional green space. We're urged to govern us to sign it. Okay. Um, who, who else is this quote? I hate when I do this. Um, looking for a name. All right. So it says in here. So, so anyway, that, that's, that's the tax bill. Okay. And at first, this was posted on Facebook by, you know, some um, kind of meme uh, group. And uh, at first, it was blown off as, oh, this is fake news. This is, this is not even real. Let me read you some of the comments. And if, you are, if you're listening to the show tonight and you're in New Jersey or you're in California, I would, I would like for you to call in and, and, and tell me about um, your experience with this. Now, New Jersey's new, but there's other municipalities out there who actually did rain taxes before. And um, Anyway, so Maryland, uh, you know, somebody from Maryland says, yep, our Maryland Democratic governor did the same thing. When his term was up, he ran for president and lost. Then a remarkable thing happened. Maryland got our first Republican governor, and he ended the rain tax. All right. Um, another one posts. So uh, let's see what this is. Another money grab, absolutely shameful. Another comment, time for you all to move out the state. Another comment is uh, New Jersey is filled with politicians that are literally insane. Politicians should be taxed for their stupidity. That's pretty good. Sounds like something the, state, the Washington state governor would do. Um, we had a rain t- another confirmation the rain tax was in Maryland until they elected a Republican governor who repealed it. Uh, so, I mean, this, this lunacy exists, and it, it's happening when we turn our heads. That's why, I'm telling you, that's why we need to watch the state legislature this common session. Um, another, po- another guy posts, leave it to Jersey. Another guy posts, hey, we're, we are in Pennsylvania. I just paid mine. Another person posts, what kind of BS is this? Uh, and, you know, a bunch of other comments. I'm trying to get you. Let's see if I have anything else on here. Uh, here, here we go. Disgusting. The government needs to stop all the new malls. Oh, speaking about new malls. So let me back up to like kind of article. And this is this is a different source. So evidently the rain tax is for big commercial properties like malls who have uh, big uh, parking lots. Anyway, this person posts uh, disgusting. The governments need to stop all the new malls and their huge parking lots and make them use old malls or reuse old malls. They keep all they keep uh, they all keep cutting down forest, which takes away places. The rain is absorbed into the ground. Um, it's all about money. Money, money, money. It's all about money. Money and control. Money, control, and power. Um, I'll I'll leave the rain bill at that. There's a couple of other people, a couple of other you know municipalities that um, have done similar things in the past, um, and it's been repealed or failed, etc. 
Um, here we go. We have a rain. We have a storm water runoff tax in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. It is associated with square foot structures, concrete, asphalt. Okay, so they associate. They got it a little different, but nevertheless, it's the same thing. Um, another another guy posts something funny. Hey, watch out next. The head tax bill, a tax for being alive and occupying space. What do y'all think about all of this stuff I'm bringing tonight? I mean, this is all stuff that um, that I've seen this week, and it, it bothered me a little bit that I kind of wanted to share. Um, kind of want to get some good feedback. I'm gonna take a short break. I need some water. Um, again, you're listening to Radio Gumbo Creole. I'm your host, Jabuni. Listening to Booney's Bayou Talk Show Gumbo. If you want to call in and talk, it's 504 303 8922. I'll be right back. Pity Pots, Hot Cyber Dust,
everybody. Welcome back to the show. For those of you who are just tuning in, this is Booney's Bayou Talk Show Gumbo. I am your host, Joe Booney, and you are listening in on Radio Gumbo Creole. I like saying that. Radio Gumbo Creole. To listen to the show, call 712-432-7883 to call in and talk, 504-303-8922, and to text your comments or a song request, 504-290-4915. You just heard Little Miss America, a brand new song by Andy Hughes. We had Andy Hughes on the show around Thanksgiving time last year, and uh, great guy. The song before that one was uh, Camellia by an artist, John Gar, G-A-A-R, and he's in um, Austin, Texas. He's originally from, from Louisiana, and he's a guitarist. Um, you can both, you can look them up on Spotify, Google, you know, whatever, look at their website, They're great, great artists, great musicians. Andy Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S, Andy Hughes, and John Gar, G-A-A-R. Before we get into the, the technology of um, this discussion tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the National Flood Insurance Program. It's history a little bit, talk about its little history, and uh, we know where it's going, uh, what it is, that sort of thing. For those of you who don't know, NFIP stands for National Flood Insurance Program, and that is the program. Um, which is, which is a part of FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Association, whatever it is. Um, and uh, let me, I look, I got two articles here. One's thick and one's not. Um, trying to see which one to go with first. I guess it doesn't matter. No, this, this is the big one. So, yeah, let's get to the small one first. All right, so on this one, um, I kind of want to say, all right, so FEMA, if you, if you didn't know, or if you don't know, with insurance, okay, every insurance carrier has to have reinsurance. Okay, reinsurance is, um, it's, it's insurance for an insurance carrier to pay claims out if the claims go above their reserve. Okay, so just, just imagine, and to kind of break it down for you a little bit, an insurance carrier has to have a reserve to do business in any state. And a reserve has to be X number of dollars and that's set forth by the Department of Insurance. Okay? On top of that, they really need to have reinsurance, which is basically an, uh, an insurance policy for the, for the uh, insurance carriers to pay claims out should they, you know, reserve suffer and, and, and be depleted. Um, FEMA, and actually NFIP, the National Flood Insurance Program, ever since its, its existence, had run without reinsurance. Uh, I think they purchased reinsurance back in um, 15 or 16. I forget which, which year it was, but, I mean, that's that's a long time. So, you know, when you want to talk about how the government doesn't really, uh, you know, do its thorough job and due diligence and, and whatnot, passing laws and stuff. Um, this program was put together pretty sloppy, if you ask me. Uh, pretty sloppy. And it's still flawed, okay? And I'll tell you why. Um, so they, they're proposing, the National Flood Insurance Program, FEMA is not really proposing, they're rolling this out. This is going to be, in 2020, what's coming in 2020, 
they're going to a new rating system. Now, currently, they're they're basically they they have a mapping system that they 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 do a FEMA maps um, with hundred year old uh, flood mapping. And for those of you who don't know that, they go by you know um, an area if it was flooded or not within hundred years. Okay, and that's how they, the rates are, and that's how they zone things, and this and that. <clears throat> and then some buildings are elevated a little higher than others, um, being if the you know slab might be thicker or the ground might be a little higher, et cetera. Um, so what they want to do is they're they're actually being they're going to be going more in line with Lloyd's, right? The Lloyd's market. Lloyd's market is in Lloyd's of London. They have a bunch of syndic like hundreds of syndicates that write flood policies. Okay, now. And that's the private market for flood, flood insurance, the private market, okay? 90% of, like, flood policies in, in, um, in, in our country are written through the NFIP. The reason why is because the NFIP is a whole heck of a lot cheaper than the London markets because the London markets use technology-driven maps and data, to uh, canvas the entire uh, uh, geo, not geo stratosphere, but the, but the land, they do land survey, but through technology. And they know the elevation, the sea levels, et cetera, and, and they know what, you know, what, you know, they, they actually price it correctly. Um, so we kind of, all right, so back when we were, before we were even born, okay, when this nation was being established and 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 on the problem with with people pitching tent and living in flood uh, flood prone areas and, and their governments basically allowed them to do that um, put us really behind the eight ball now okay um, we're not on high land down here in Louisiana and even people in X zones in Louisiana you have more X zones flooding than you do, say, AE zones or A3 or whatever. Um, Chalmette, okay, Chalmette, St. Bernard Parish, flood of Katrina, 12 plus feet of water. Some of them had six feet of water. But let's say the majority, you know, say 12 feet of water. Those were all mostly X zone properties, preferred risk. They were paying like only 400 or 320, 350 bucks a year for their flood insurance. And in, in, in the entire New Orleans area had, what, was it $2.5 billion worth of damage or the whole Gulf Coast area? $2.5 billion worth of damage from, from floods, from the flooded waters of Katrina. Um, so, no, the FEMA did not have any uh, money to pay out claims. They actually had to go to Congress several times in their history to beg and plead Congress for more money. That's, uh, that, that, that's, that, that's a problem. Um, it's a problem because guess who had to pay for it? That's why, you know, that's kind of, a, that's one variable, if you want to call it that, the way we see inflation and the cost of living for us, you know, how the, the American dollar is losing value day by day through inflation, through, um, through crazy um, uh, economic logistics, just so the companies can make money. And that's what it comes down to, guys, money. It's all about money. So, um, so anyway, this, this program now, they want to switch from what they're doing now to what Lloyd's is doing now, uh, which is going to be very costly for most of us in Louisiana. And I'm going to pull up, let's see, I'm going to pull up something on my, my computer. Give me a minute to yank it up. Um, 
kind of want to, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to find it really quickly, so I'm not even going to bother to go in there. Uh, but I do want to read something that I posted uh, on my Facebook page um, when I first became aware of this new rating system, which we're going to kind of get into in a minute. Um, and then we're going to get into something that what other municipalities have been doing, and they have been mitigating their risks, their flood risk, uh, by themselves um, outside of, of FEMA, NFIP. So, and this is, I wrote this on the 19th when this article, which we'll get into in a minute, first came out. Um, kind of didn't like what I was reading. I was second guessing myself. I'm like, is, is this real? Is this, this can't be real. If this is real, people are going to be losing their houses. But anyway, I said on the 19th at like, you know, 1.25 p.m. I post, I said, hey, I hope I'm wrong, but here's my understanding on rating 2.0 uh, from what from it, from the information I found so far, and this is what they call it. It's it's rating system or rating 2.0, which is the second version of, of their rating structure. So risk rating 2.0 is expected to roll out October of 2020. It appears that more homes will be required to purchase flood insurance as this new rating extends past the 100-year floodplain. Rainfall even will become part of the NFIP's risk assessment. That's, that's not good. So I go on to say reports last year noted that the NFIP has an estimated cost of debt totaling two, uh, $20.5 billion. $20.5 billion in debt. It's speculated that the new rating system will increase revenue for the program which, I mean, you know, it should because the program was, was dead in the water when it started, and I wasn't never a fan of it. Um, so, again, it's, this, this is brand-new information. It just came out this week. Uh, a lot of the information that's going to be unveiled is going to be coming in the future. We don't really know too much. Uh, but, you know, putting kind of two and two together, um, the rating system, it's not going to be favorable for us. Um, because, you know, New Orleans is a bowl, and everybody's pretty much living below sea level. Um, so I also posted, I said, you know, while information is still being unveiled, the technology-driven mapping and data is, if it's anything like Lloyd's uses, which it, it's, it is, uh, I confirmed that this week after I posted this thing, we could potentially see huge risks, I mean, huge increases of premium in southeast Louisiana and, and probably north Louisiana, too. Um, you know, I've, I've been quoting the private market flood insurance for, I want to say, about a year and a half now. And in Louisiana, it has never been favorable. NFIP has always been cheaper than the Lloyd's market who uses this, this data-driven, technologically savvy mapping that NFIP is gravitating towards. Um, so it's not going to be good for us next year when it rolls out because I mean if, if, so if you have a policy if, if you have a flood policy now and I'll tell you how to go you know do this if you have a flood policy now that renews in October of next year 2020 or October November December you get to hit with the, the with the rate increase before any, any of us are okay people you know most people will probably get hit with the rate increase in 2021. But if you have a policy that's expiring, if you have a flood policy that's expiring in October of 2020, you are going to be hit first with this 
increase. Um, so anyway, I've, I've you know, um, there's a different kind of, you know, we can talk about each person's policy. If you want to call me about that, I'll be more than happy to talk to you about it, how we can mitigate the, the, um, the increase. Um, you know, we can lower your, uh, your dwelling amount to what you got to pay on your mortgage as long as we can justify it on a replacement cost evaluation. And if, as long as we, if we can justify it for fine, because um, they're probably going to throw some other rules and regulations on top of that with this new rating system they're gonna have other regulations that nobody's heard of yet um so it's all it's all rolling out and it's all by design i believe uh and unfortunately we are living you know not by you know yeah we we can pick up and move and you know but who who's going to be able to sell these properties so in one in one sense the people are going to get hit first okay you're going to have people in these flood zones who really can't afford flood insurance, a lot of people. And uh, I'm not saying this is going to be a fact. This is just my speculation from my professional, what I, what I do. Um, so you can have people who may not be able to afford their, their home, their mortgages, because the insurance is escrowed into their mortgages. So this insurance, the, 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 the um, house payment might double, might triple. Don't, don't, don't really know. Um, so... When this happens, if and when this happens, the amount of homes that's going to open up on the market to sell are not going to be sellable. The, and it's going to leave a lot of property that's been foreclosed on in the bank's hands. Now, they could get crafty and, and, and come out with a program um, that has you know some type of government funding um, to allow people to you know stay in these houses. Um, I don't know, like, you know, would, somebody's going to be creative and, and come up with, the, with a solution. The other solution would be to uh, have our homes elevated, jacked up by a shoring company and, post, you know, set back down on cinder blocks or piers or whatever and have it elevated high enough to where we can afford flood insurance, which is another solution. However, in order to elevate the house, Do you, you have any idea how much that's going to be? How much it is to elevate a home to jack it up by a shoring company? Right after Katrina, it was approximately about $35,000. Who has that kind of money? Who has that kind of credit? Not a whole lot of people. So although that's one solution to have a shoring company come up and jack, jack our houses up so we can afford flood insurance in the future. Not many people can obtain or, you know, that, that solution might not be attainable for everybody. That's one solution. Um, another solution, again, would be to, um, I don't know, um, there, there's, there's Airbnb um, residencies out there in the greater New Orleans area that uh, we can, you know, possibly have somebody, you know, a family, uh, you know somebody rent a room and help pay for the uh, for the mortgage and the food and everything. But that, I mean, why why would somebody do that and have one room in a house where they could just go you know spend the same amount of money in, 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 for an apartment? So the, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff happening that we really need to think about um, coming up next year and the year after. Um, we're kind of in the dark a little bit about that because the information is still not being you know shared with us by um, by FEMA yet. You know, talked to some of the flood carriers today and talked to them about rating 2.0. Um, they're in the dark, too. 
A lot of the information hasn't been disclosed to them. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be, they're going to have to be trained on uh, the new rating system and the rules and regs because they're going to have to, you know, basically facilitate all of these policies once this thing happens. So um, that's going to be probably in one of my next shows. Uh, I'm going to be very, you know, on point and delivering some information to you guys. That's going to help you guys out. Um, so, and I didn't read this this whole article here, but I'll post this up on my Facebook page again. Again, it's Boonies Bayou, Facebook, and I'm going to post all of this information up, the links and all, on a Facebook page. Um, there are a number of municip- municipalities, counties, parishes, what have you. Um, this article is entitled, Not Trusting FEMA's Flood Maps, More Storm Ravaged Cities set tougher rules. So, you know, some, some of the cities, um, after a flooded area or a, after properties that have been flooded up north, some of these uh, local governments around the country have been basically not encouraged people to rebuild. They're like, look, your, your property flooded. We're going to give this whole land, this whole area back to Mother Nature. Y'all go somewhere else. We, we, we don't want you. We don't want your money. We don't want your tax. Just go somewhere on higher land. Some of the local governments around the country is doing that, which, again, this should have been done generations ago. You know, generation. I mean, you know, it's going to be a devastating thing, you know, for a lot of people in Louisiana if, if we you know, lose our houses. It's going to be a big, big thing. Hopefully it don't get that bad. But I'm the type of person that likes to see the bad thing first, the really bad worst case scenario first before you can think about other solutions because that's the that's the worst possible thing. All right. The, the, the second part, the second worst thing is, you know, you working, you know, seven days a week, two, two jobs, wife, two, just not home, not seeing your kid, not, you know, having that relationship just to make ends meet. I mean, you know, again, is, is that worth it? Is people... You know, and we we got to come to an individual decisions and choices in, as we as we face in these problems caused by our government. We have to get to a point in our life to hey, you know what? Let's stop and think. Is this worth it? Is the rat race worth it? Is chasing money worth it? Worth what? I'm uh, you ask. Well, is it worth us sacrificing time with our families and loved ones? Is it worth sacrificing those relationships, those school dances um, that, you know, we need to take our kids to, to school functions, the Cub Scouts and the Girl Scouts? Um, is it all worth is, is, is this good? Is this worth it? Or would it be better? And I'm just throwing this out there. Would it be better for a family to forsake their uh, flood risked homes, you know, and, and move while they still can, I I don't know. That's that's a decision people have to make for themselves. Um, I do, I don't know, but this this article talks about that and, and a whole lot more. I don't have time to get into it because I wanted to go and jump into another topic real quick. Um, but I'll post this up on on, on uh, Facebook as well. You can look at that in a little bit. Um, I have queued up part one of a uh, a YouTube video that you can listen to. Um, this is called. Again, talking about what's happening. This entitlement's called uh, Cyber Warfare Exposed. Now, James Scott, 
they, this, these two guys interview a guy by the name of James Scott. He works in, in an agency. I won't say the name of the agency, but he works in an agency that's contracted with the federal government, and they do things. They, they, they study things. They study technology. They study technology, uh, espionage through technology. They study all of this stuff. And, you know, like, like, again, we as users of technology don't know, don't know how much of this stuff exists in, in a world. I mean, we're just exposed to, like, say, Facebook, a phone, you know, uh, our cell phones, our desktop computers, laptops, uh, tablets, etc. But there are, there's an enormous amount of technology out there that we don't even know. And, and let's just, this is about a 15-minute video. Um, we may have time for part two, but I wanted to play this real quick. So uh, this is, this. you can look this up, YouTube. It's called, and I'll post this on a video. I'll post the video on a Facebook page as well, but it's called 2018 Cell Phone Virus Uses Frequencies for Mind Control, Cyber Warfare. Welcome to the Edge of Wonder. We have a very special episode for you with a slightly more serious tone compared to our previous episodes. But we hope you will keep watching till the end because this is about very sensitive information, social media, and how your personal data is being compromised. On this episode, we had the amazing opportunity to sit down with James Scott, who is the senior fellow and co-founder of the Institute for Critical Infrastructure Technology, senior fellow at the Center for Cyber Influence Operation Studies, and Center for Space Warfare Studies. And that's the longest title we've ever heard, but rightly so. This guy knows so much. Right. So we hope you enjoy part one of this two-part special series. So without further ado, let's meet James Scott. Okay, hey everybody, we're here with James Scott, Senior Fellow at the Center for Space Warfare Studies. James, thanks a lot for being with us yeah, today. Yeah, that's great. Me. So uh, Ben and I are actually pretty excited to have James <laughs> with us because he, he has a lot of information, a lot of which we can't talk about on the screen, but we're gonna try to get as much out of him as we can. <laughs> Very true. All right, so uh, James, thanks a lot for being here. Yeah, great. Okay, so uh, what did we wanna talk about first here? The first thing I kinda wanted to discuss with you was any information that we can get about um, our cell phones. Everybody out there is using cell phones right yeah. now. There's a lot of information on our cell phones and a lot can be done with code that I think a lot of people aren't aware of. Mm -hmm. well, well, especially yeah. with, with like the whole thing with Facebook and the news about monitoring phone activity. I mean, data, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. I mean, how can we be manipulated with our phones? Can you tell us a little bit about that? I can throw your phone at you and it would really hurt you. <laughs> that is true. Please don't do that. I'd manipulate your psychology with the, uh, by hitting you on the head with one. Um, yeah, uh, the phone, it, we have this thing happening now with, it's called cyborgification. Right. And cyborgification is just the technological extension of oneself in order to make up for the vulnerabilities in the human condition, right? So the cell phone can be used for good to call your mom, mm -hmm. but it can also be weaponized against you as a surveillance tool. It's, it's something that people take to the bathroom with them, that you take it everywhere. So you have multiple things that can happen. Your GPS, I mean, if you go to Facebook, since you're talking about Facebook, just from the app, it, it tracks you. And um, I don't really see the reason why fa the Facebook app should be collecting that type of metadata. Um, Why? 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't want Facebook to know I'm in the bathroom with it. <laughs> I, I know. So, but dude Zuckerberg knows. Yeah. He knows. He knows you're in the bathroom. Because that's you're that like, important. He, what if he the wants camera, to know. camera turns on, you're looking at it? <laughs> so that's another thing. It's not just the metadata. It's not just the GPS. It's, uh, they call it hot miking. Um, and you can, uh, there's camera activation malware as well. And this is very common. It's on your computer. People mm -hmm. put on your computer. It's uh, in the intelligence community. It's it's a uh, blackmail tool. The vulnerability isn't necessarily just the phone, but it's the apps that you have on your phone. Um, you should always have your privacy settings maximized. Any apps that are not absolutely necessary, you should just delete off your phone, and then reboot your phone. You know. Because yeah. a lot of times you, you have remnants of the app in there. I was going to say, it accumulates yeah. over time and stuff too. Well, so I deleted Facebook off my phone, and for 24 hours, even 48 hours, it still said a deleted app was still using like my battery yeah. power. And I was yeah. like, what in the world is going on? This yeah, is we advised to Congress, um, the intelligence community. I got an SMS text one time. I thought it was from my son, who's in college. It was a spoofed. Uh, thing because I, I responded and I wasn't getting a response back so I was getting worried I called him he's like I didn't uh, I didn't uh, call you you know I didn't text, text you whatever yeah. I had pressed on a link that um, delivered a payload into my phone I didn't realize until like two days later I couldn't keep the battery charged and so uh, I took it to a friend of mine at DARPA and um, he found a hot mic camera activation malware so they were listening to me and I don't know, maybe seeing me, I don't know, but they're, both crazy. payloads were on the phone. But uh, this, this stuff is, is normal, like in our industry. Um, a lot of politicians don't understand, they, they don't have cyber hygiene. Right. So, of course not. <laughs> of course not. I mean, they're, but they're writing legislation about that. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying anything bad around them, they're a little bit old, like my mom with the cell phone, my dad with the cell phone, you know. So, um, <clears throat> one of the big things in DC is blackmail. That's yeah. how you control a politician. Yeah. And when you get somebody, you have a guy that, or lady or whatever, that is, it's 3 a.m. and they're behind their computer, you know what they're doing. That's when the Russian nation state, their APTs, the Chinese nation state APTs, mm -hmm. Muslim Brotherhood as part of the cyber oh, caliphate. Man. Yeah, so this, this is how it's done. This is how you control someone of influence. Mm -hmm. um, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm just saying like this, this is how they do it. Right. Um, this is one of the ingredients. A payload is um, compiled tools. They call it malware. So, or ransomware, I mean, whatever. But it scans your system, finds the vulnerability on your computer, in your server, whatever, and it delivers tools. So it's a hacking term. And so an example, um, I deal a lot with critical infrastructure. So one thing that most nation states want to get access to are critical infrastructure executives with elevated privileges, which means they have access to IP, um, electronic health records, like the actual treasure trove of all that data. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's within the best interest of our adversary to go after those guys. So you do a thing called spear phishing, where you act like you're a recruiter. You give them a call, hey look, I got this job, twice what you're making now, I'm gonna send you their offer. Um, don't tell anybody, keep his own download. Um, and then they deliver that and what it does, it'll hot mic, oh, active, have camera mic activation. But it also has things like remote access Trojans. So the objective then becomes to go into, to 
get into the network at that critical infrastructure facility, maybe the grid, to get into the network and move laterally throughout the network in search of the data, okay? And then you set up the remote access Trojans to be able to pull out that data. Yeah. And, um, you know, it gets more specific than that, but right. I think that's easy right. enough to right. understand. Right. Your phone, your uh, Apple Watch, like in my industry, I can't have that watch. Really? Yeah. Really? Really? Yeah, so, too many listening to things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and then you actually, at the NSA, you have to take them and put them in a locker, which is a Faraday cage. You, know, yeah, you can't even locker. bring your laptop. What's that? A lead locker. Or something. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know, it's made of a material where you can't send frequencies <laughs> out to whatever. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, okay, so earlier we were kind of talking about different things they can actually do with the phone and send out signals to even manipulate the human body. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about this? Yeah, frequencies demonstrated that they can have an effect, good or bad, on the individual's psychology, the brain waves. Malware, as, as this is hyper-evolving, this space, mm -hmm. uh, nation-state advanced persistent threats, um, the Russian actor, the Chinese. Sometimes you're not trying to get data from a network. Sometimes you're trying to manipulate an organization from the inside. You want there to be disunity. Um, you're trying to, from a psychological warfare perspective, you're trying to um, do reputational harm to the individual, make it seem like this other person is saying this about them. You know what I mean? You kind of like influence, influence operations, information warfare. But this is more psychological warfare, so it's a little different. Um, so this particular payload, it's just code, okay? So as part of the payload, um, maybe it's just a frequency that emits from the computer Sorry. where you can't hear it, but it has a physical effect. Interesting. Migraines, um, vomiting, um, aggressive behavior. It's, it's, it's surprising to me that nobody's really talking about this. Interesting. Yeah. Because yeah, this, is, really this is the next generation of nation-state cyber warfare. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say yeah. too. I mean, like, <clears throat> for example, we're talking about China. Mm -hmm. They could. What if they had this technology? Could they put this on, like, on a mass scale, like on a cell phone? Well, tower? you would, you wouldn't want it to get out. So okay. what you would do is you would focus on the consulate system, or the State Department, or like a, a critical agency, a critical silo within an important agency. Wow. That's you would target it because you wouldn't want it to get out. Right. Right. Because with malware, there are signatures and there's timestamps. So, so you can forensically analyze this stuff to get a good idea of where it's coming from. In a few years, after this type of payload becomes more commonplace, you have the Russians who will, who will make an extremely sophisticated variant of this malware mm -hmm. and leave it in a network where, the, where it's found, just as a demonstration of skill. That's part of psychological warfare course, with nation yeah. states too. That's crazy. So um, I think this will come on real quick, just like the weaponization of metadata, like we saw with Cambridge Analytica and Facebook, um, with what we saw during the elections with, between the Russians, the Chinese, special interest groups, how they were using metadata, putting it into a big data analytics algorithm, customizing a psychographic targeting tool, and weaponizing cookies. So now, if you're a pro-Trump guy, all you're seeing is pro-Trump, 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 pro-Trump everywhere. Banners are falling everywhere. Facebook weaponizes the platform against their users. They've been doing that for years. Google does the same thing. Mm -hmm. Twitter does the same thing. Um, they mute hashtags that are actually organically viral. 
So yeah, I think the most fascinating part, like just kind of going back to what you were talking about, like they can just manipulate part of the human body to make it yeah, do it, stuff. This, and this stuff's yeah. very real. Just look at this research, look at what DARPA is experimenting yeah. with. Yeah. You know, what they're doing in Israel with, with their science. It's this stuff, it's funny. I, I mean, I take it for granted because I'm around this stuff all the time down there as a th with a think tank, you know. But it surprises me how little people understand about the weaponization of code. Yeah. And the manipulation of code, the manipulation of perception by weaponizing metadata, like the combination, the variation, you know, and the number of actors that are in this space. You know, and the thing is, you, you know, Cambridge Analytica was the least sophisticated from a big data science perspective. The thing that made them potent was uh, their blackmail. Mm. And blackmail is very, like I said, blackmail is very real. And um, so they, they had very influential people submit because they had stuff on them. All you do is step back and, okay, well, what can be done with code? Mm -hmm. This is how nation states are thinking. How can we inflict as much pain into this, this key person quick? And this is more a question for the audience than <laughs> it is for me. But yeah. why would someone want to inflict that kind of pain on someone? Like, give me a scenario, maybe, where there's an influential person mm -hmm. and they're doing something someone doesn't like. Who's the, the, the kind of person that would try to inflict that pain and what would they be trying to do? Sure. Mm -hmm. So you look at a nation state like China. Mm -hmm. They have their 13th five-year plan. And uh, psychological warfare, influence operations, all that stuff is, is rolled up in that plan. So what they would do is target an ambassador that we have. Reputational harm comes first, real or imagined. Mm -hmm. So they'll make something up if they don't have anything on the guy. Mm -hmm. They will follow this guy, learn his habits, how he takes his coffee, like everything. Um, this is their espionage. The Chinese are clunky and awkward with their espionage. The stealth and sophistication comes from the US, uh, Israel, and Russia. And, and it's, the hacking style is the same too. So you have the uh, stealth and sophistication, like chess, mm -hmm. coming from Russia. And then you have loud and clangy uh, coming from the Chinese. Kind of like how their products work in real life. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, with building vulnerabilities. Yeah, building vulnerabilities is part of the Chinese 13 uh, five year plan. A lot of people don't understand that they are required to have a um, Chinese Communist Party person yeah. on the manufacturing floor of every manufacturer facility. Now, that's a party member. Yeah, yes. Okay. And you have an iPhone. Yeah. which is now being manufactured in China. So who knows what's in my iPhone? Exactly. I guess, yeah. Wow. So that's what I'm getting at, yeah. It's, um, so that's who, so they, that's, that's how that mm -hmm. works. And now, like DC is full of like private intelligence firms. So uh, we contribute to some as well for national security. There, there are some that do not um, play by the rules. So we have a problem with that in DC between politicians. They'll have a, a, a political action committee, they're getting money for whatever, they will take the initiative to go and intimidate this other guy to signing on to this piece of legislation because the signatures needed. So that's that's the kind of thing. So it's like, and everybody has something on everybody down there. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, if you do, we're gonna we're gonna mention this. We're gonna talk about your 18 or 17 year old girlfriend. You know, Jeez. we're gonna convince her, pressure her in the chart. You know, that that's how dirty this gets. Mm -hmm. But when, when you're dealing with nation state versus nation state or nation state versus an important executive here, that's, that's when things get really dirty. 
Well, we hope you enjoyed part one of this special episode with James Scott. Be sure you guys tune in next week for part two. All right, everybody, that was uh, a little bit more information than uh, that I could have actually covered on uh, as, as myself. Uh, I want to get into the second blurb real quick about it's part two. Um, part two is a really continuation on from this. Uh, I'd like to do that now because it's about 13 minutes. i got to find it now because it, it moves. It's not even it's not even in a thing anymore. Um, so anyway, that's that's some of the stuff that uh, that exists, you know, as, as parts of technology. And what I'll do is I'll post the second part two on a Facebook page for you guys to look at later. Um, I, again, I, I don't want to rush through this information. Um, I think it's important for us to know, you know, that's, a, you know, and if you kind of incorporate, incorporate stuff I'm saying, um, trying to bring you, you guys a, kind of a random topics, but they all, they all kind of tie in together. Um, so if you talk, if, if, if you kind of relate what you just heard, you know, psych- psychological warfare through um, frequencies and that type of thing, um, you know, how pe- people might get sick. And again, a, you know, these guys focus on little, you know, silos. If you, if you make a computer emit certain signals, that sort of thing. Um, I kind of want to talk about the 5G now. It's the, like the last topic of tonight would be the 5G. And uh, I started to, you know, when I, when I first heard about it, I'm like, oh, man, 5G, that's, you know, what, what's up with that? So I got an article here. It says uh, it's from... It's from Walking Times, no, I'm sorry, WakingTimes.com, and this was published back in two, two, uh, 2017, uh, December, but it's still re- still rev- relevant, and uh, it you know it's entitled, "Why Aren't Consumers Made Aware of Electromagnetic Pollution?" It's stuff we can't see. I mean, we we kind of can if you want to look at the chemtrails in the sky, but um, the other stuff we, we really can't see. Um, and it goes, and, and did I even, let me make sure, because I tried printing this thing out tonight, and I think the, uh, yeah, I gotta go through, gotta read this from, from the website, because these pages are cut off. I don't know what's wrong with my printer. My printer's not feeding properly. But anyway, um, let me get to the article. Um, all right, it says pollution. It's a trendy but gloomy. Whoop, it's it's a trendy but gloomy word designating something that most people try to avoid contributing to, but not many folks realize what causes it and how it affects them. Humans and technology are primary contributors to all pollution, either inadvertently or deliberately. Manufacturing processes obtaining raw materials and resources and technological advances more often than not are the major contributions or the major contributors along with vehicular exhaust and ever-increasing road traffic. Man-made pollution is a devastating ecological and adverse health effects have been triggered 
And it goes on to talk about uh, agriculture, uh, air, chemical, hazardous waste, lights, noise, radioactive, soil, thermal, and water. These are all um, pollutants that we, we, we emit as humans. The other thing it talks about, um, it says, however, the, the, um, the above pollution listings is not complete, missing, or as follows. Electromagnetic frequencies, which is EMFs. Microwave radio frequencies, which is RFs, non-thermal radiation, and solar radiation, and uh, aka chemtrails or weather engine, uh, we- weather geoengineering. Some people don't believe in in, in chemtrails or, or uh, you know weather engineering, but um, just look up HARP, H A A R P, and and you know go through that, and you'll you'll know that they they modify the weather and this and that. So, you know. And the, the more you know about the, um, the matrix we live in, the more of the jigsaw puzzle you'll be able to see. Um, so it, it, the reason why I kind of wanted to touch on 5G, and it's harmful, you know, and, and it actually in part two video that we don't have time for tonight, it actually, um, he talks about how, 5G is very harmful to humans, to the human body. Um, so I'll post that on, make sure y'all go to the Facebook page, Boonies Bayou, and look at it. If you have trouble finding Boonies Bayou on Facebook, you can go to um, booniesbayou.com, and it's linked there. And uh, for those of you who are just joining in uh, at the bottom of the hour of the last uh, 12 minutes or so of the show, uh, you're listening to uh, Booney's Bayou Talk Show Gumbo. I'm your host, Joe Booney, and you're listening in on Radio Gumbo Creole. If you want to call in and talk, now's your chance. you got about 12 minutes left of the show, 504-303-8922. If you want to text your comments to me or a song request, 504-290-4915. Um, Kind of talked a little bit last uh, last week or so how uh, you know every time Trump mentioned the word wall, um, most of us, probably ninety five percent of the population in the world, um, thought about a physical wall he was talking about. And although the physical wall is being built, and it's going to stop a lot of drugs and, hu- and human trafficking and and um, all of that stuff. Um, what he was also doing was building a wall within, within technology and network. Um, so as they're rolling out the 5G network that everybody's getting now, and there's a lot of a lot of information out there that you know 5G causes cancer. Uh, there's there's cases out there that that you know got it before Trump supposedly put this technological wall in place to protect us from. You know, uh, high higher frequencies and what, you know, I mean, this thing is capable of, of emitting frequencies uh, within the geofence of its reach and make people sick, literally vomit, nauseated, um, dizziness, all of that stuff. And as a whole, there's a whole other world uh, of of knowledge that talks about frequencies and how people can tap into frequencies and control different things and um, you know, and if you want to get in on that, we could do that another another night, another time. 
but uh, it's, you know, it's going to take too long to get into that stuff. But um, so, 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 so anyway, you got 5G towers out there, right? And people are getting sick or people were getting sick. Um, and now people are paranoid about this 5G network because, you know, they had no idea that you know, President Trump was talking about an internal wall, not the physical wall, but the, but the other stuff that he was working on behind the scenes, you know, the, the technology wall that he was, he was putting in place to protect people uh, from these harmful frequencies that could be cranked up, um, you know, down a road. And my thing is, you know, do you remember President Bush was doing great things and, and this and that, and people were, like, applauding him. Oh, we got the Patriot Act and this and that. And, oh, it's great. You know, nobody really you know, cried boo because he had, you know, they had their own kind in office, in Oval Office. Well, I'm just saying, you know, this is just, you know, me thinking, me, me talking. If the 5G network comes out and it's, it's coming out, I mean, it's, you know, it's a matter of time now. Who's to say that the next person that gets in the White House undoes everything that President Trump put in place to protect people from these harmful frequencies, uh, who's to say that somebody can undo all of his stuff down the road and then abuse the technology and control people? You know, that's, that's, a, that's a thought. That's a down-the-road thought. Um, you know, but I'd like to, you know, at least hear some comments. Um, 504, give me a call, 303-8922. Like I said before, I, I don't know exactly how many people I'm reaching on this, this radio, uh, this show. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's no way for me to get any types of demographics and any, any data. So if you like the show, you know, go to the website. Just shoot me a message. Hey, you know, whatever. You're doing great. Or if I wish you talk about this. I wish you talk about that. You know, give me some topics that you guys are interested in and you want to hear. Um, I'm not a medical expert, but, you know, one day I can probably have Dr. GP come back on to the show and, and, you know, we could talk about, you know, herbal remedies or whatever y'all want to talk about. But, uh, you know, I kinda, I'm kind of going with the, with the flow of, of the information I've, you know, I research from my own time that I like uh, and it holds my interest, you know. So um, that's that. Um, and for those of you who really don't, don't know, um, my broadcast – was originally designed to um, to take some uh, some talent from from Uplive, uh, some people who sing and perform and play instruments, and I really wanted to get people on my show to do an interview, to play their music, to expose these talented artists, musicians to a new uh, new people uh, to to listen to that to their music, and uh, I've gotten three uh, three interviews so far. Uh, one interview was actually a person on, on UpLive. The other two were not on UpLive. But I'm, I'm reaching out to you guys again. If, if you know of any musicians out there who, uh, and this show don't always have to be about politics. I really don't like talking about this stuff all the time. Um, but I, I, there's, there's no way else for me to, there's, there's nothing else for me to talk about because I'm either working or I'm doing my own research. Uh, and I know y'all don't want to talk about insurance for two hours every night. I mean, uh, once a week with me. Um, so I mentioned it to you guys that, we you know, what I do and, and, you know, that sort of thing. And I'm able to help people if they call me. Um, I could drop little things about, you know, an NFIP, homeowner's policy, auto, whatever. 
we could talk about that, but to dwell on it for two hours, it's, it's going to bore me because I'm, I mean, I do that all day long, and I don't want to talk about that for two hours a night. So, um, again, if you have anybody who you like to listen to, and, and they, you know, they might be a street performer, I'll bring a street performer in the studio, and I'll interview them, and they can play live here in a radio room, and um, and get and get them, um, you know, some some publicity, some recognition, you know, because a lot of these people out there, they they do certain things, and um, they, you know. They want to be recognized. They, they play well. They play great. And I watched a video that, you know, um, a, ho- a homeless guy, I uh, forget what state it was in, but, you know, there was a, a piano outside of a cafe shop. And um, he, you know, he was laying down, whatever. He got up and started playing um, a very awesome, awesome jazzy song. It was great. And a lady happened to be in there that, that knew the song, and she came out, and she sang, and he played. It was great. You know, um, I believe, she, you know, she might have bought him something to eat afterwards. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of talented people out there um, that don't know what to do with the talent, number one, um, because they don't know how to um, project that talent in, in an audience setting, right? They, don't, they might not have the funding or they might not have the networking. They might not have um, a lot of the stuff that other people do, um, relationships, a, you know, stage or equipment or, or whatever. You know, I know a person that can play the heck out of a harmonica. My grandfather used to play the spoons. Um, you know, I, I, I could play a saxophone, but my saxophone is, needs to be repadded and rekeyed or whatever. But, I mean, it's I haven't touched that thing in 20-something years. But, um, I mean, you know, I come from uh, a, a musical background that I haven't really... Uh, you know, went into and, and, and developed, but I, I get the gist of it. Um, then there's people out there who they go on to college and become musicians and artists and write their own songs and stuff. So, you know, again, if you got, if y'all know anybody out there who, who wants to be out, you know, in, in, uh, and get more recognition, by all means, put them in touch with me. I'd love to have them on my show or her on my show. Um, there's going to be a couple of musicians that uh, I was talking to end of, uh, last month that they're writing they're in the process of writing and putting their new records together so in the next couple of weeks we should hear from them and have have one or two on a show um, in the future shows um, I'll take a little short break it's about three minutes till we end I'm gonna just play a song just relax my throat's kind of dry and scratchy um, hit me up on Facebook uh, Boonies Bayou go to booniesbayou.com and uh Reach out and touch me and uh, that sort of thing. So anyway, thank you guys very much for a great uh, a great listening audience. Um, hopefully I've, I've given you guys a lot of information tonight to talk to, to, to think about and consider um, or not. I mean, I, you know, again, I, I don't know unless I hear from some of you guys. Again, my name is Joe Booney. Thank you for listening to Booney's Bayou Talk Show Gumbo on Radio Gumbo Creole. One last song before I go. Y'all take care.
moi Si vraiment 